are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Hello, namaste, welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Yoga Podcast. Today we are going to answer the question, what is comedic yoga? But before we dive deep into the topic, let's explore the ancient roots of yoga, especially as we practice it in Western society. Now, yoga is an ancient practice focusing on breathing, flexibility, and strength. It makes that mind-body-spirit connection for our well-being. It is composed of a group of physical, mental, and spiritual practices or disciplines. And the main components of yoga are breathing and postures, which in Sanskrit we call pranayama, Prana being that life force energy, your breath. And asana, which is the postures and poses, which is a series of movements that are designed to increase strength and flexibility, in particular so that you can practice meditation. So I like to think of asana practice as a moving meditation. So, the practice of yoga is said to have originated thousands of years ago in India and has been adapted in other countries in a variety of ways. Now, I've discussed Bhuti Yoga on Yoga Podcast, and it is so much fun, but it is a true example of how there are many disciplines under this vast umbrella we call yoga. Now, with that said, where does yoga come from? And this is really important to discuss because we're going to answer the question, what is comedic yoga? Now, yoga's origins can be traced to northern India over 5,000 years ago. The word yoga was first mentioned in ancient sacred texts called the Rig Veda. Now, the Vedas are a set of four ancient sacred texts written in Sanskrit. Now, Sanskrit is the oldest language to our belief. So we will talk about that in a moment. Now, the Rig Veda is the earliest amongst the Vedas and is a collection of over a thousand hymns and mantras in ten chapters known as mandalas. Now, these mandalas were used by Vedic age priests, and yoga was refined and developed by rishis, also known as sages. Now, in Western society, we practice and teach yoga under the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Patanjali was a risha or a sage, a rishi or a sage. Now, they documented their practices and beliefs which is a huge work of art containing over 200 scriptures. Now, yoga is amongst the six schools of philosophy in Hinduism and is also a part of Buddhism and its meditation practices. Now, when I teach yoga to my students, one of the number two questions I get (laughs) after, can I practice yoga if I am not flexible, is, Is yoga a religion? And I always answer this question with no. Yoga is a philosophy. 
But what people do not realize who do not study religion and philosophy is that religions such as Hinduism and Buddhism, as well as many others, actually have two components. One that is a religious, orthodox, maybe even dogmatic, more strict foundation, and the other side, which is philosophical. And here in Western society, especially those who are Christian or Muslim, they may not be able to understand how there can be a difference between a religious component and a philosophical component. Although I would say that we're starting to see more of that in Christianity. We're starting to see people who are following the Gospels according to Jesus Christ, but more according to his philosophy than, let's say, the religion and the foundations of whichever religion we're discussing, such as Catholicism. So that just gives you a, a general idea of what we're talking about here. So again, yoga is not a religion, especially as we practice it in Western society, but at one point it was practiced by very religious people, and there is a religious component to not only yoga, especially with some of the disciplines that fall under the large umbrella of the philosophy, but as well as yoga being a component of religions, especially meditation. Now, in other religions, such as Catholicism, you will find meditation, you will find mantras, you will find some of those same type of practices that you'll see in Hinduism and Buddhism. Now, what really signifies a religious belief is possibly the deity or deities and the worship, correct? So I do not want to go too deep down this rabbit hole, but since it is the number two question that I am asked, I thought it would be important to just brush over it here for a moment. Now, Sanskrit, as I mentioned, is the root of many Indian languages and one of the oldest in the world. I've heard and read that it is the oldest, but I don't know that we can really prove that as far as a language is concerned. However, it is a very vibrational language, and I look forward to having a Sanskrit series on yoga podcasts in the future where we can really talk about it. And even though I've had some episodes on yoga podcasts about Sanskrit, I want to delve deeper into it because the importance of including it in your practice and possibly in your teachings if you're a yoga teacher and at least being able to, I think, explain the purpose of this beautiful language as we practice and teach yoga and especially as we practice and teach mantras is really important. So... I'm going to sort of skip ahead of some of my notes that I have here, and let's talk about asana practice, the postures, the poses. Now, these benefits that we get from practicing is flexibility, improved muscle strength, protection of the spine by developing the core, increased blood flow, and being present and mindful. So the postures are really important and most people come to the practice of yoga by way of postures. I have met people who have meditated and done pranayama 
and have never done asana. So there's definitely that subset of community out there. But for the majority of westernized yoga practitioners who actually call themselves yoga practitioners, they come by way of asana, by walking into a studio and practicing the postures, which are sequenced to benefit your mind and your body connection, which I talk about on yoga podcasts. And I even teach you how to sequence your own practice, which is really important. Now, yoga is so special because it has permeated all over the globe. Rather, like I mentioned, you're practicing one of the eight limbs of yoga, the philosophy on and off of the mat. You are able to have heard about the benefits from someone. We have physicians, physical therapists that recommend practicing yoga. It has exploded over the last two decades alone. But when did it first arrive in the West? Now, yoga as it is known today took off in the late 1890s when Indian monks began spreading their knowledge to the Western world for the first time. Now, people who traveled to India were also able to rub shoulders with the yogis and observe their practice firsthand. Now, the introduction of yoga to the West is often credited to Swami Vivekananda, and he first came to United States in 1883 and was soon organizing world conferences on the subject by describing yoga as a science of the mind. And he translated yogic texts from Sanskrit into English. Now, in 1893, during a visit to the U.S., he sparked the country's interest by demonstrating yoga at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. As a result, many other Indian yogis and swamis were welcomed with open arms into the West. Now, one of those teachers was Sri Yogendra, I believe, an Indian yoga guru, author, poet, researcher, and one of the most important figures in the revival of Hatha Yoga both in India and in the United States. Now, having founded the Yoga Institute in 1918, the oldest organized yoga center in the world, Yogendra, came to the U.S. for the first time in 1919. Now, the difference in Yogendra's teachings was how he became to domesticate Hatha Yoga. Now, he did this by working with doctors and seeking scientific evidence for yoga's health benefits. As a result, he is often thought as the father of modern yoga renaissance, which is really interesting, right? Now, part of the Yoga Institute's success was also due to the work of Sri Yogendra's life partner, Shirmati Sita Devi Yogendra, who was affectionately known as Mother. Now, she was the secretary treasurer of the institute, and she encouraged women in the community to practice yoga and also wrote numerous articles and journals about her work. Now, her impact is huge because yoga, as it was first practiced, was not practiced by women. It was forbidden to be practiced by women. It was practiced by men or, shall I say, teenage boys or those body types that were lanky, thin, flexible, gymnast-type bodies, and even became a bit of a circus act at one point before it started to translate into other practices. So there's all these derivatives of the origins of yoga in northern India and 
and beyond. So her work is really important because of the encouragement of not only her partner, but her to allow women to practice yoga. So I have so many notes here and I'm going to skip through a bunch of them. And let's start to talk about yoga today for just a moment. And I have an entire podcast on this subject with almost 350 episodes, or is it almost 450 episodes? I don't know now. I have a lot of episodes on yoga podcasts. But what I can tell you is that there's so much to talk about because we are literally talking about a philosophy. We're also talking about disciplines. We're also talking about, in some instances, religion. We're also talking about psychology. We're talking about science. We're talking about art. We're talking about everything and subsets and all of that. So then we can talk about humans practicing, pregnant, soon-to-be mothers, children. I mean, the list goes on. You know, we have yoga that helps us to be proactive for health, yoga that helps us to recover from illness, yoga that helps us to prepare for a sport, yoga that helps us to recover from an accident. I mean, we have yoga therapy, we have, you know, yoga that's just for fun. There is so much to talk about, and there is a place for everybody to practice yoga. Okay, now let's talk about comedic yoga. Before we do, let's take a small little break and I will meet you on the other side. What is up, yogis? I am so excited to announce that not only do I have hundreds of audio yoga classes for you to practice anytime and any place, but you can now begin practicing with me, Breezy Bree. All you have to do is check out today's show notes for a link to my videos. Yep, you heard it here first. So I look forward to meeting you on the mat and beginning to see you face to face. Thank you so much for being with me, yogis. Let's get started. Namaste. What is comedic yoga? Now, many of you have never heard of this discipline of yoga, and that is because it is not a part of what we consider westernized yoga today, which is a derivative of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali and has its roots, as mentioned before, in northern India. Kemetic yoga, on the other hand, is the ancient Egyptian system of yoga enlightenment based upon the practices of physical movements combined with controlled deep breathing and meditation. Now, the modern version of this ancient system was developed from primary research conducted by Dr. Asar Hapi and Master Yasser Rahotep during the 1970s. Now, comedic yoga is a healing and regenerative yoga system that is characterized by a series of geometrically progressive postures that creates alignment of the spinal column and corrects defects in the skeletal muscular system in order to relieve stress, increase blood circulation, 
nutrient and oxygen supply to vital body systems and to allow internal life force energy and cerebral spinal fluid to flow more efficiently and abundantly throughout the entire body. So the sequences of the postures in Kemetic Yoga are very purposeful in this respect. Now, Kemetic Yoga emphasizes creating conditions through activating the parasympathetic nervous system, that's your rest and digest, whereby the body and mind can heal themselves as opposed to extreme gymnastic and contortionist postures that often cause injury and result in useless competitive mindsets that plague the commercial yoga industry today. Now, Kemetic yoga emerges from one of the oldest known civilizations, which is ancient Egypt, properly called Kemet, in northeastern Africa and rivals the evolution of yoga in India. Kemetic yoga was developed by studying, translating, and interpreting the commonly called hieroglyphic texts of Kemet, ancient Egypt, and the images of yogic postures that are clearly pictured on the walls of the Kemetic temples. Now, Kemetic yoga is both a philosophy and a practice based upon the Kemetric systems of self-development that fueled the creation of the Kemetic civilization that spawned Western science, philosophy, and religion. So, before I dig any deeper into what is Kemetic yoga, the first thing that we have to acknowledge here is that we are digging deep into a philosophical mindset of the origins of Egypt and Africa, okay? This is an entire philosophy and religion of the Kemet following. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit because we did talk about it when thinking about the origins of yoga from a North Indian perspective with Hinduism, Buddhism, and so on and so forth. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the mindset of Kemetic yoga from this perspective. Okay, so now let's talk about where it all began. Now, the ancient Kemetic people who built the pyramids and gave the world mathematics, architecture, astronomy, agriculture, chemistry, engineering, medicine, and religion use symbols to express their scientific and philosophical ideas. Through modern eyes, what these ancient people meant by their symbolic drawings and carvings appear to obscure and mysterious for us to understand. However, through the eyes of one enlightened to their worldview, their obvious and magnificent messages are easily understood. Carved on the back of a wooden chair found in the tomb of Pharaoh is the image of a man called Shu. Shu represents the concept of breath. His long curved beard indicates that the ancient Egyptians or Kemetic people viewed him as nature or force of nature. In the ancient Kemetic scientific system of cosmology, Shu represents the concept of the breath we breathe, which gives life to our physical bodies. It's also the atmosphere that surrounds the earth and one of the four elements of creation, earth, air, fire, water. Egyptianists who studied ancient Egyptian civilization have known about this carving for thousands of years, yet no one ever equated Shu with yoga. 
When we do a casual examination of his position and the symbols carved on the chair, which includes the sun disk at the top of his head and two cobra snakes, the connection with yoga becomes obvious. The sun disk on the top of his head corresponds to the crown chakra or energy center related to higher intelligence and enlightenment. The cobras correspond to two of the three main nadis, which according to yogic science are channels through which energy or life force moves, nourishes, and animates the human body. Now the position of Shu and all other myriad of yoga positions we see represented in ancient Egyptian art and literature are not unique to that culture. You can find it in other parts of Africa and the Western Hemisphere where Africans traveled thousands of years before Columbus. The people of ancient Kemet practice a unique style of yoga that predates the yoga of India, and the practice and philosophy of yoga in India was informed by knowledge that came out of Africa. Fact is, examples of Indian yoga can be found in ancient Egypt, but examples of ancient Kemetic yoga cannot be found in India. So the conclusion one can draw from this is the yoga of Egypt is much older than that found in India. So again, this is really, really interesting. And I am just starting to really dive deeper into this entire comedic yoga space. And you're going to hear a lot more on yoga podcasts about it. I have been reading books and I'm thinking about taking a yoga teacher training that is specific to comedic yoga because that's what I do. I take yoga teacher trainings and I love learning. So before we conclude today's episode, let's just talk about the philosophy of comedic yoga. Now, the philosophic principles of comedic yoga places emphasis on the rejuvenation of the entire body and mind and not just the physical development of outer muscles and flexibility. Comedic yoga teaches you the skill to ease yourself into a posture as opposed to forcing yourself into it. Most importantly, comedic yoga emphasizes control of the breath. The breath is the life force, and we use the breath to flow through the movements from one posture to the next. Each series of movements takes you into the posture in the correct order and brings you out of the posture in the correct order. Nothing is left to chance or is haphazard. This form of movement is in tune with the body's natural anatomy. It systematically works through every joint and muscle group to develop alignment, corrects body defects, and energizes the organs. Now, while the comedic yoga postures are unique in themselves, the style of movement can be applied to all yoga systems. Whether it's the various forms of Indian yoga or ancient comedic yoga, the system is slower and more methodical than the traditional methods of yoga, because slowing down the movements, we're able to put more emphasis on developing the yoga skills of patience and concentration. Now, yoga works as therapy on various levels of human development. On one level, it provides a total sense of well-being and personal empowerment that allows any individual the ability to become self-actualized. This means that one has the energy, mental clarity, and discipline needed to direct their actions towards the goals they set for themselves. The word yoga literally means control. 
When we do not have control over our thoughts and behaviors, we become unhappy and out of balance. Lack of control over one's thoughts is related to the definition of insanity. Once we incorporate the philosophic principles of comedic yoga into our daily lives, not only do we learn how to control our thoughts and relaxation techniques, but we train our bodies not to respond to stress or stressful situations. So the key principles in comedic yoga that make it unique are the comedic yoga postures that are not known in India yoga or Indian yoga. The method of performing these postures emphasizes body alignment and geometric progression. The emphasis of breath control that stimulates the autonomic nervous system in our daily lives. This helps to reduce stress and increase productivity and creativity. And the symbols found in ancient Egypt represents yogic concepts. Okay, so that is all of the information that I have for today's episode. But I do want to leave with some of my own thoughts. If you were not as versed in the disciplines that live under the umbrella of yoga and its philosophy as I've become over the last several years and in particular over the last three in creating yoga podcasts, you might believe that this particular system of yoga is different from the eight limbs of yoga or the yoga sutras of Patanjali or for that matter, probably any discipline or system of yoga. But truth be told, everything that I just described in comedic yoga with a few variations, which I will discuss next, are the same components that I know I teach to all of my students, whether we're practicing hatha yoga, vinyasa yoga, relaxation, yin yoga, which is from a more Chinese methodology, or we're practicing Thai yoga, or we're practicing yoga therapy, an Ayurvedic practice of yoga, or we're practicing any variation that I've discussed on yoga podcasts and to be discussed. Because yoga in general does all of these things for the mind, the body, and the spirit. Now, what differentiates comedic yoga in my mind thus far, I'm still going to, like I said, become a student and also in doing so become a teacher is the method of utilizing geometric progression in the practice of the postures. Also utilizing the word yoga as meaning control and in our variation of yoga under Sanskrit, it means to yoke or in a way it means community, right? So I'm not going to uh, fight the idea that yoga can mean control in the comedic sense because I love the idea that they're utilizing control with the emphasis on breath control, which is what we do in pratyama, and also in the emphasis of utilizing the chakra system, which is something that I use for trauma-informed yoga all of the time, and I speak on it every chance I get on Yoga Podcast. So the geometric progression and the type of postures that are being used is what really stands out to me with comedic yoga and what really has piqued my interest because I have practiced comedic yoga, I've practiced the postures, and 
I do love the idea, which we do in some disciplines of yoga already, which is really slowing down those postures. But I love the idea of creating these geometric postures because if you believe in vibrations, then you might be able to see that connection. Now, there's a lot of ways to get your vibrations aligned and and get to a higher place in these philosophies, right? Rather that's mantras, mudras, or utilizing comedic yoga geometric progression postures, they all can play a part in being able to lift up your enlightenment for self-realization. So I am so excited to talk more about this in the future, but I love the idea that there are these thought processes that yoga is super ancient because I think that it reminds me of the root chakra, that tree, the roots beneath the earth's surface. The deeper the roots, the more stable the tree. And I think yoga's roots are so deep that there is so much to learn. It's a lifelong practice. And I love that. It's exciting. It's an art. It's a science. It is of the mind. It is of the body. And it is spiritual. As we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. So thank you so much for allowing me to introduce what is comedic yoga to you. Check out the show notes as I have important links to my references in today's episode. And I look forward to being able to talk more about this particular discipline. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste.